Hello and welcome to the fifth season Franklins. This is not the final Franklins, but this is going to be our award show for season five of the original run of The Twilight Zone. Uh, my name is Ben Hansen, and I'm joined by my co-host for this elaborate ceremony in front of us called the Franklins. You don't have to say your name is Ben Hansen. Look behind you. There it is. On the big screen, everybody. On the big everybody. screen, spelled correctly and everything. And Jeff Cork with his black and white headshot blown up in a 40-foot <laughs> display for the audience. In memoriam. That's a typo. Should, should be coming to you live, but that's all right. Look at this great crowd. God, they're all, they all out are, there. All of them. Who do you, who's out there, man? Who's out, oh, there's Denzel uh -huh. giving that face. Give us the face. You know the one we're done. There's a group about. in the corner taking the selfies oh, with the most unusual camera. The biggest selfie, I think, is what it is. <laughs> all right, let's move on. <laughs> Still got it. <laughs> all right, here we, we go. We didn't write this. We're just going off the prompter. So. Right, what are you going to do? Bruce Valanche. <laughs> Jerk. Thanks a lot. We paid you so much money, Bruce. Get the hell out of here. All right, so these are our awards for season five of The Twilight Zone. Mm -hmm. Some returning categories, some new ones, not as many new ones as I wanted, but our brains are fried. No. <laughs> We're just um, having a hard time thinking. It feels like a long time ago that we did this. It really does. I was looking at some of the the nominees like in the like the field of of nominees for right. different things and I was like I that seems like Nightmare 20,000 feet may as well have been in the third season. Absolutely. I'm totally with you. Uh and so we both wrote down our nominees and but we don't know what you have for nominees or what either of us are going to argue for the winner of these. This is true. So that's the this point is of this episode. A live debate. <laughs> it's going to be contentious. Get ready. All right, starting out. First category for season five. Yes. It's one of my favorite categories. It's a returning favorite. Yes. Uh, biggest ripoff of a previous episode. Are you going to kick it off, or would you like me to start? I think you, you have more, so why don't you start? How many do you have? Three. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah? All right, I'll start it out. Okay. Uh, I have a kind of stopwatch mm -hmm. as a ripoff of both Time Enough at Last with the ending where he's stuck in that world. Ah. Everything that he wanted turns to hell mm -hmm. also rip off of still valley where they're able to uh, freeze time during the civil war okay all right i've got uh in praise of pip and huh. one for the angels where a character huh. who obviously the main character in praise of pip is a lot less sympathetic than the huckster in right. one for the angels but both of them make a bargain with the supernatural elements to save the life of a young person wow all right all right, that's that's an out there one, but I like it. Uh, I have Last Night of a Jockey as a ripoff of Nervous Man in a $4 Room. Mm -hmm. One character, one room, debating with themselves, seeing their own reflection in the mirror, and trying to talk themselves out of something. Yes. Um, I've got Probe 7, Over and Out, uh -huh. and Third from the Sun, because both of them have numbers in the title. <laughs> and also, the, both of them have the, oh, it's Earth twist. Yeah, that's true. Okay, good point. Uh, number 12 looks just like you and I have the beholder. And that's a tough mm. one because I love both I those love episodes. both episodes, but yeah, it's... It's very similar. Yes. Uh, my last one is You Drive and Thing About Machines. The old Thing About Machines. The old Thing About Machines is the machines are all... They have the upper hand. They don't say, you know, we don't have a typewriter saying, get out Finchley. Right, but You've right. got a car who's basically saying, I can't drive you into a pool, but I will drive you to the police station. <laughs> 
They should just. I'm surprised at that point in the fifth season they don't just reuse that footage. Yeah, the cycle of violence ends here. <laughs> the authorities could take over. I, I was just getting started for the ripoff episodes. Okay. I, I'm not passionate about all these, but I'm going to keep going. Okay. We got Night Call mm-hmm. as a ripoff of Nothing in the Dark combined with Long Distance Call. Oh. We have Queen of the Nile as a ripoff of Long Live Walter Jameson. Uh-huh. We have The Biggie. Okay. Caesar and Me as a ripoff of The Dummy. And then we have Stopover in a Quiet Town as a ripoff of... Drumroll, please. Little people. People are like all over. Where is everybody? Five characters in search of an exit and elegy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So what are you feeling passionate about anything on your list there? I think your last one, I'm passionate about that. Just I, <laughs> I like how quickly you rattled off all those episodes. Thank you. Yeah. So with this category, it's kind of tough because it's like, do we go for the ones they rip off the most episodes mm-hmm. or the one i think there's something more potent in choosing the one that clearly rips off just one previous idea i like i have the beholder number 12 looks just like you mm-hmm. in a way even though i'm with you i like both of those episodes an awful lot yeah um this this i have to say this season didn't have as many that were just clear like see like you know what i mean like in i don't know Franklin's i think it had... might be up there really I, man you think of queen of the nile and long live walter jameson where somebody just slowly realizes that oh my god this person's been alive forever that's true based off of old pictures and stuff like that or even caesar and me and the dummy which is i mean not that the plot is similar but mm-hmm. just the overall theme of let's have a a dumb you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna reverse that last i, uh-huh. I your last one I, I now that i think it sucks I think uh, Queen of the Nile and Long Live Walter Jameson, actually, yeah. because you've got two characters who um, they're putting themselves out there, like getting meddling with history in a really prominent way, which is, right. in retrospect, a pretty terrible idea. So you're saying Walter Jameson just should have lived a life by himself and never tried to get married at all? He should have played it cool. Yeah. <laughs> played it cool and sat by himself for 900 go. years. And maybe... Uh, in Queen of the Nile, maybe don't be a, a movie star. <laughs> what about, again, these are both great, but what about Night Call? And let's just scratch nothing in the dark and just make it Night Call and Long Distance Call. Night Call and Long Distance both Call. Both calls from the afterlife, both mm-hmm. incredibly scary, mm-hmm. both revolving around praying that the phone call doesn't happen. Well, one of them, the fear came from the fact that it was a child's toy phone. Right. It should oh. not have been operational. Okay. The other one is just a telephone call. Completely different. That's only scary until you realize who's on the other end. Right. Night call, or I mean, um, uh, the other one with long distance call. Long distance call yeah. is just scary through and through because that phone should not be ringing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think mm-hmm. maybe going against what I was saying earlier. Yeah. There's something about Caesar and me and the dummy that I want to nominate for this category. Maybe it's just because I want to give it to the worst. Is it because entries. they have the same dummy? Is that? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And just the idea of one season apart doing two dummy episodes. Yeah. It's a little weak. Well, one of them, though, the dummy is driving the person to madness. Uh-huh. The other one that he is fully on board with listening to the dummy to the Until... point where he's taking up a life of crime. To the point that he's driven mad. That's true. <laughs> you know what? Let maybe. Well, boy, but long live Walter Jameson and Queen of the Nile have the same guy turns into dust effect. I know, I know. So I was gonna say the dummy should win because it's got the same dummy being used, but I mean they use an identical right, right, 
death effect. It's, and maybe, again, going against everything I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. maybe there is something, even though we both like this episode, to stop over in a quiet town being just like this perfect fusion yeah. of all these other episodes at the end of the run of the Twilight mm-hmm. Zone. Like that one is just like cherry pick from a couple of great ones in the past, cram it into this new thing, squeeze it together. There yeah. we go. There's an episode. Yep. You want to give it to that one? At this point, I don't even know if I'm reversing course because I'm just like <laughs> aimlessly driving around a parking lot. Right, right. You want to give it to Stop Over in a Quiet Town? Let's do that. All right, Stop Over in a Quiet Town. There Congratulations. Biggest ripoff of a previous episode. All right. Next but category is mo- a new one. Most needlessly complicated plot. A, should be a simple idea. Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple. As a wise man once said. Um, my first nominee Keep for it this simple, one. Sirling. Keep it simple, Sirling. There you go. Ring-a-ding girl, <laughs> I would say. With the whole twist at the end about her being dead and on that plane. I would just say the whole thing, like, the way she's constantly looking into her ring. Yeah. There's, not, like, a sense of not knowing what's going on, but yeah. Right. I think... And at a certain point, she starts seeing from the airplane's pl- point of view. It mm-hmm. doesn't help to the add to the mystery in any way. It just, right. just kind of further complicates things for the viewer. Right. Like how, where is she seeing that? That's good. That's good. Um, I have one. I'm not crazy, but I'm going to fly past it. it. I have praise of Pip yeah. uh, just for like his whole crime ring circle. Mm-hmm. Like They spend a lot of time explaining exactly what happened in that crime ring. Yeah. When ultimately, it just, just does not matter. Just get to the point about this dad missing his son. Yes. But I'm not crazy about that. My next one. I am the night color me black. Mm-hmm. Also needlessly complicated. Yeah. In terms of what happened with this murder mm. when it should just be about this town getting too passionate about justice. That's a good point. Yeah. Gets bogged down the, in the details. The specifics of it. Yeah. Right. We're com- yeah. How about come wander with me? How about come wander <laughs> with me? How about that? Yeah. That that's that was my puzzle with this one. Is it is it needlessly complicated or does it just not make sense? I would say that it's both. Uh-huh. Because I think that if they'd taken off a few layers, I would hope that the readers are or the writers are would would know, oh yeah, this partial this is nonsensical. This is kind of a goofy thing that's going on here. Uh-huh. So Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. And I I would say another one this kind of this whole uh, guy who's killed 800 people in the Jeopardy room. Oh, yeah. I would say that that's a needlessly complicated plot. But that seems essential because that's why he's doing this whole thing is because he's so bored His with plot it. to kill this guy oh. is needlessly complicated. <laughs> Whereas, like, he poisoned the guy with wine. Right. And But it was just enough to make him pass out so that he could plant a device in there that, if unless he cut, cuts the wire, right. would blow him up. Uh-huh. When, and he's killed 800 people, he, he brags to his friend. And he's still so bad at it, doesn't think about locking the door from the outside. Yeah. That's all he had to do. Just put a two-by-four over the door a or chair. something. I've a seen chair. I've seen that movies before. Yeah, exactly. Up a chair. <laughs> uh, what about Night Call? For mm-hmm. the whole ending about how it was secretly oh, yeah. her fiancé that told she her was to too g- bossy with and the driving situation and yep. one of them died because of that. Yeah, and then you told me, I always do what you tell me. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm rooting for Night Call hmm. personally, just because it is such an amazing episode, and that was our only knock against it was that they added those extra layers, the that, weird little coda, and not that it's too complicated to follow, but it's overly complicated, and it ends up hurting the episode because of it. Yeah, yeah, because I think yeah, if you, if you removed that final third, right, where they do explain everything in in a way 
but then over-explain it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I can go with that. Okay. Being agreeable this evening. I appreciate that. All right, I'll give it to Night Call for most needlessly complicated plot. All right. Not that we couldn't follow it. (laughs) Right. Just to make that clear. All right, next category, we have Best Machine. Mm Mm-hmm. The Best Machine from Season 5. Who's number one for you? My, do I have to give you my number one? No, not number no one. Number one on your order. list. No okay. particular order. Uncle Simon from the episode Uncle Simon. Correct. And I will also expand that because I have Uncle Simon, but it's the same robot, so I have to give and it up brain to, center, to Brain Center Whipples as well. Yeah. So that category, or that you know, contestant yeah. should be Uncle Simon slash Brain Center Whipples. He can robot. rock with a cane. He can try to hang up a phone. <laughs> he, can, he can spin a keychain. Yep. Yep. Uh, I have a uh, battling Maxo. Oh, boxer got, from Steel yep, got with the creepy Maxo. black eyes. Yep. I don't know how great of a machine he is, though, since he just goes down immediately. <laughs> but he looks cool. A big spring. Yeah, yeah. It's popped. Uh, the stopwatch from a kind of stopwatch. Oh, I think intricate. Is a, is a great machine. Uh-huh. It stops time. Right. Uh, Agnes, the computer mm. from Frank. Agnes with love. She understands love better than any human on that episode, certainly. Yep. And she communicates like the set of $20,000 pyramid. That's right. And she's funny. She's genuinely funny, funny. like twenty thousand dollar pyramid. Exactly. <laughs> she doesn't uh, have America's teenager Dick Clark as host, <laughs> but that's okay. America's dead teenager. Oh, sorry. Let's move on with love. And let's see. Oh, uh, Taki Tina. I thought about that, but there's no he evidence. Opens to... her up, and there's gears and stuff, right? I don't think so. No, am I just? I, I wrote a, down Taki Tina, scene? and then I was thinking, like, wait, how do I know she's not a demon? Because well, he can't even he can't even penetrate her skin. Well, she's got a mechanism that allows her to talk. So at that point, I think we can upgrade her to machine. Because I mean, like a block we of wood. We don't know that it's not a demon. Really? Yeah. So how do you know that the stopwatch isn't just like a swirling <laughs> vortex of red mist? All I got to say is that he didn't I pop did, the case open. I didn't put the stopwatch on my list, Quirk. Uh, so I don't, have to, I don't have to make that argument. Just be a guy in a suit. In fact, I will. It's impossible. I'll, I'll put money on it. There's no way. Uh huh. All right. I'll, I'll, ent- I'll allow Takitina. Okay. I have uh, a very simple machine, but I have the blown up alien oh. from the fear. <laughs> Is a balloon really a machine? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it has like, you know, equipment inside to inflate itself. That would make it a machine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What else you got? That's all I've got. Okay. It's clearly. Uncle Simon. It's clearly Uncle Simon Brain Center at Whipple's robot. It's because yeah. he's a fantastic looking robot. And he was also on, what was the other episode he was on? Just those two. Are you saying like a previous season? Yeah, wasn't there another, he was on another season too. I don't remember that one. Hmm. I don't recall. But it is like the most comedic prop in the Twilight Zone since like the dumb aliens for Mr. Dingle the Strong. Oh yeah. 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 It, it is a great robot. Okay, good. All right, well, congratulations, Uncle Simon the mm-hmm. Robot. You take Best Machine yep. for the Franklin Season 5. Best Death. Best Death. Is the next category. Yeah. Uh, number one, I have uh, tripping on Takitina and falling down the stairs. <laughs> yep. That's Not that good. it's the most noble death, but mm-hmm. it was entertaining. I don't think it has to be noble, because okay, I would say the lady getting punched through the window and what's in the box Yep, is a, is a good death. It's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Uh-oh. This- <laughs> Again, this is most interesting death. Okay. it's I know it's not the name of the category, but that's the way I kind of yes. spun this one. Yeah. The death that I appreciated the most and it made me think the most mm-hmm. is the dad killing himself in number 12 looks just like you. 
Oh, the after he gets the surgery, yeah, the off-camera one, the one mm-hmm. that really captured my imagination the most. Yes, was probably that death. Ah, interesting. I don't know, but go on. How about that guy in occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge? <laughs> Are we? Oh wait, this is okay. This is important now. We need to discuss this. Here's what we discussed in this, the episode, and I stand by it. Okay, this is not part of the. I think moments within that episode count. Okay. But the overall episode doesn't count. Okay. That's that was my because it rule. Existed as a short film. Right. Independent of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, and I don't so maybe know. it should just be off entirely. So that way there's not like an asterisk. Because I mean if it's if particular moments Yeah. Then why not the whole thing? That's it. Scrubbing it. Ah, uh, that hear, said, hear, you should watch an occurrence at Elk Creek Bridge because it's awesome. Yeah. But let's all right, I'm with you. Yeah. Let's just hear a line in the scrub sand. it. All right, do you have another one to fill it in then? Absolutely. Even though it was effective in Long Live Walter Jameson, the Queen of the Nile death. Yes. Because I think this time we had more skeleton, I think. Uh, Yeah, it was a much more impressive thing. You got to see all the dust in there. Yeah, much more close-ups of the skeleton yes. and the weird rib cage mm-hmm. and the cool bugs sucking the life out of them. Yes. That was one of those, I was filling out this category and I almost forgot about that. And I was like, oh my God, that is yep. an awesome one. Um, this one is debatable. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw it out there. It is a death that we don't even understand, but okay. we clearly saw it. The re-killing of the brother in Mr. Garrity and the Graves. The brother, when he's walking down the street, oh, the undead creature, which he then makes disappear. And I know in the lore of the show that it was just the actor, mm-hmm. but should that count as a death? Because he totally disappeared and it... And from the way the characters see it, and we don't understand how it happened physically, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's kind of a gray area. I, I, I think I'm going to say no. Okay, that's no. fine. <laughs> that's fine. What else you got? Uh, that's it. All right. I also have uh, the seventh is made up of phantoms. The guy's going back and oh, being yeah. killed by uh, the, what, what tribe was that? I don't recall. Okay. Whatever took out Custer. Uh I'll say the Sioux. I think it sounds right. Okay. Uh, yeah, them de- being taken out, even though they had theoretically some. The guy had an arrow all the way through him for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, and he lived just to fight long enough to then have the name put on the plaque at the end to really confuse the entire timeline. Yes. Um. I I like the dad killing himself at number twelve, hmm. but I don't know if that's too dark, or if it's just because I like the oddball choice. I think you like the oddball choice. Yeah. I like the oddball choice also, but I really like when that lady got punched and oh, <laughs> she God. flew out the window because it was just out of nowhere. Well, you say out of nowhere, but we, we literally saw it We saw it twice. <laughs> it's just such an absurd Twilight zone thing to have happened. Yeah, but then again, so many people have died falling out of windows that it doesn't stand out that much to me. It stands out every time someone jumped through a window or <laughs> fell through a window in the Twilight Zone. I think I might be rooting for Queen of the Nile. Yeah. Even though we've seen it before. Yeah, just the slightly more elaborate version of the Walter Jameson death. Yeah, I, to... the lingering skeleton, I think, is... Yeah. And the bug play. And, and it got windy just... in there, too. Not as much, though. That's right. Because the daughter had to sweep it up. <laughs> All right. I'll give it up for that. Let's you ready? It. Yeah. All right. Lock it in. Queen of the Nile. Lock it in. Mr. Journalist fading away. All <laughs> right. Mr. Makeout Journalist. What? Just instantly started kissing her. Remember that? Oh, yeah. He did a real good job. <laughs> Getting down to business. Um, 
I love this category this next month. This is the most Serling-y episode. Yes. I have three candidates. I have three candidates. All right. I have a feeling we're going to have some overlap here, too. <laughs> Starting out, yes. I'm going with Old Man in the Cave. Oh, I don't have that. Oh, really? No. Okay, yep. Yeah. Written by Serling. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole speech at the end about uh, the reason that humanity is going to fail now yeah. is because they lost faith and all they needed was faith and whether the destiny of man is truly greed after all. Mm-hmm. I am the knight, color me black. Correct. (laughs) But for the sake of argument, we'll go on. Yes. Uh, I have Probe 7 over and out. Mm -hmm. Talking about uh, Adam and Eve and how, oh, overall, man's just a frightened creature. Wherever he is, it's not a matter of our language or our culture. It's our breed. Mm -hmm. We're frightened to the core. And you forget that it's like, yeah, they're scared of each other. Then they eventually get together. But also the idea of them communicating with Earth, or not Earth, but the other planet. And it's Mm -hmm. also being wiped out by... Uh, nuclear war, it turns out. Yeah. The Last Night of a Jockey. I bet Explain. he thought this was like a super powerful, like, tour de force performance from like, Mickey Rooney. Right, right. Uh, just yakking it up, talking about how he was going to redeem himself, you know, and he was going to be bigger. And, uh, yeah. It's true. Just ended up getting larger in a really stupid way. I don't know. I wonder if he actually cares that much. Yeah? About Last Night of a Jockey. Okay. And I, then I would also say, do you have any more? Uh, no, those are my three. I would say The Fear is a really surlingy episode in that it uh, it's kind of like a Monsters are Due on Maple Street style. Uh, like, I don't know which I quite I understand that analogy. Uh, the fact that it's like... They aren't the revealed f- to be monsters. They're pretty... No, no, no. They're completely benign. But I yeah. mean, just the fact that being afraid... Mm-hmm. Is is like one of the most dangerous things that can have happen to a person. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. Uh, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm trying not to say. So I'm glad that you said it for me because now we owe the FDR estate like a bunch of money. Or is that Winston Churchill? I don't know. It's not. It's I think it's FDR. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that's that's, not that's a, bad a one. theme that pops up a lot on the You're right. Zone, You're right. That you shouldn't be afraid, whether it's like of other like people of different races True. or aliens. Yeah, I think it's an interesting choice just because normally we go with the preachiest episode mm-hmm. with these. Yeah. Because they ring the most Serling-y. Mm-hmm. And even though I like that interesting angle to it, you cannot deny that I Am the Night, Color Me Black is the most Serling-y episode of the fifth season. Oh, yeah. Undoubtedly. <laughs> okay, well then what are we even wasting our time for? Oh, because right. I, I still I still feel like the, str- the fear would be like a close second. Okay, opinion. that's good. That's good. But yeah. I Am the Night, Color Me Black, yes. the preachiest episode of them mm-hmm. all. Cool yes. concept, bogged down. Yes. All right. Next category is best twist. Yeah. Okay. My this one is we don't really think about it being a twist necessarily, uh-huh. but I'd say Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet. The twist being that it was indeed real. That it Did it actually just... have an impact on you? Because this is your first time watching that episode. Were you actually struck by that? I like to have that confirmed, like as a viewer, to know uh-huh. that it wasn't all in his mind. Like typically. Uh, I wouldn't put it past Twilight Zone to be like, well, was it real? Was it not? Who can say? Right. You know what I mean? That that would have been a typical cop-out kind of ending. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you could say. You could just move over and show us the wing, and that's indeed what they did. So, right, right. Yeah. Okay, not bad. Um, I have Sounds and Silences in the beginning when his boat is actually an office. 
<laughs> you make fun of me, but like that actually was like a oh, yeah. that's a that's yeah. a clever little thing they what a did. Weirdo. Yeah, this thing that, <laughs> that is, is totally a, a boat is actually an office. Yeah, all right, that's a good one. Thank you. Um, it, this may not be best, but it's one of the, I think the most fun twists. Even and it's certainly something that's been done before too. But uh, stop over in a quiet town. I like that that twist. Yeah, I also have stop over in a quiet town. Uh, but I had the specific moment when the ground catches on fire. Yeah. And I think that kind of falls into the best moments mm-hmm. for me for season five. Okay. Um, but maybe that's just the moment where I realize like, oh, they are in fact small. Even though I think I think even like with the lady laughing and stuff before that, I kind of knew that. Yeah, the squirrel flipping over on the brain. Yeah. That's so pretty you know, good. Yeah. You know that that stuff's going on. So. Yeah. Yeah. But still the, the overall twist had an impact on you. I don't know if it had an impact on me. I thought it was uh, super fun. Okay, yeah. fun. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, we've debated this for five Franklins now, mm-hmm. whether or not this is the best twist for us personally on this viewing or trying to look at this thing objectively. Ah. You know what I mean? And I don't I don't have an answer. At least I forgot what my answer was last time. <laughs> uh, Someone's made a chart, probably. That's right. I have what's in the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the idea and not like the ending because we all saw that coming, literally. Yes. But um, just the idea of them rebroadcasting the episode of the twilight zone shot for shot on their tv so the yes. twist of using the actual content and edits from the twilight zone within an episode of the twilight zone mm-hmm. as a cool twist i like the fear the fact okay. that they're it's like the invaders uh-huh but with better tech <laughs> sure and it was a balloon uh-huh and the giant footprint was indeed Made using some kind of footprint making tech. Giant fingerprints on the car. Right. They had their stickers. Yeah, big decals. <laughs> Put them on there. And a magnet. That would be a sweet decal for your car, by the way, now. Let's do it. Put giant fingerprints all over it. Yeah. That's not bad. I have spur of the moment that mm-hmm. it's actually the lover that she ditches on. Yeah. You remember, like you think oh, that yeah. it's going to be like, oh, if only she'd reject this stable guy to go with the rebel that she was in love mm-hmm. with as a kid. That's where the future is, and no, that's exactly what she did, and yep. that's why her future sucks. Yep, that's a good one. Uh, the twist of Mister Garrity and the Graves actually working his magic, but <laughs> le- leaving before he had a chance to realize, oh yeah, I can actually bring people back from the dead. Interesting. That was good. Man, I can't believe I didn't even think about that. Of course. Do you have any other ones? No. Which one are you really gunning for? Um, I like Nightmare and I like Mr. Garrity. Okay. I like Mr. Garrity and I still like Spur of the Moment. I do think that was the twist that had the biggest impact on me while watching it this season. Going like, oh, that's actually pretty clever. The Spur, spur of the Moment? Yeah. Not that that's a great episode overall, but mm-hmm. that moment was the moment that I appreciated a nice quick twist in my brain. Yeah. Um, but what was the other one? Mr. Garrity? Yeah. Because that one was also funny. Mm-hmm. And it was genuinely surprising. Yes. I mean, I mean, once they walk off screen and they're still showing the graveyard, you know what's coming, but. Yes, exactly. I'll, I'll give it up for It's Mr. like a double Garrity. twist. Yeah. I'll give it up for Mr. Garrity. All right, let's give it up for Mr. Garrity. There we go, Garrity. Cool. All right, uh, next category is biggest waste of a gift. All right. Uh, I have a kind of stopwatch. Yes. Uh, Specifically how he was trying to show other people what he could do, Mm -hmm. and to show it, he would just pause time, 
go over and ruffle their hair and then like, take two drops out of their beer yep. and then go back to exactly where he was standing and then huh? unpause it. And they're like, okay. Why don't you just walk to the side? Like, That's all he had to do. Feet. He could do some cool blink maneuvering. Yeah. Shave your head real fast. <laughs> a lot of things you could have done. I would say um, the old man in old man in the cave that was sustaining that entire community. That computer. Yeah, he was telling them exactly what food to eat. Yeah, you don't end up with those giant squishy tomatoes that made everyone <laughs> sick and all That's that. good. That's good. I have uh, the telekinesis with the aliens in black leather jackets. Mm. The fact that they didn't really use it as much as they should have. Maybe they didn't understand that they could essentially conquer Earth with yes. that kind Instead of capability. poisoning it. <laughs> Yeesh. I, uh, I would say that the short drink from a certain fountain... The, uh-huh. the age reversing potion. If he had just given his brother a little more time to perfect the formula and not just drink a bucket full of it, yeah, the equivalent dosage and yep. turn into a, an infant. That's a good one. That's a good one. I have uh, the dork in From Agnes with Love going on that date and completely blowing it when she seemed oh, to be super into, him, totally in the into begin- him in the beginning of it. The <laughs> ultimate gift. Yeah, he was like reading like Einstein. Right, right. Out loud and then stepping on her foot while dancing and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then tried to just open the champagne all over her. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. great. Uh, and my last one is Salvador Ross's gift in the self-improvement of Salvador Ross when he realizes that he can buy qualities from other people yeah and it's it he doesn't really think it through like trying to buy all the compassion from her so just the idea that he left that part of himself out completely no the fact that he didn't really think maybe i should buy compassion from someone else because if i'm buying qualities from people i have to interact with they no longer have them right but then again no one it maybe was compassion plus the love for the daughter that he was buying from the from the dad you know yeah but that would be like if you bought all your like super sweet kissing moves uh-huh. from your girlfriend and then she no longer <laughs> knows what to do. That's true. Which is a, to use a perfect analogy. That's right. All right. So which one are you really gunning for here? For biggest I'm going to say the old man in Old Man in the Cave because yeah. this is such an important gift for their society and a bunch of yahoos roll in and they want to see this old man. And there was no reason that they had to destroy it. No, like they could have just seen it. They'd say, oh, okay, whatever. Maybe we can use it. That sounds okay. That's awesome. It's keeping everything alive. Plus, they weren't like, I don't know, I guess, I don't remember them being crazed maniacs that are just like bloodthirsty. Like, they were angry about they the were whole bullies. thing. bullies. Yeah, they were bullies, but they weren't primal. You know, like, they yeah. had no reason to just start hacking up this machine, which had no negative impact on their lives whatsoever. Mm-mm. I mean, worst case scenario, you can kill the guy that's like the prophet. Yes. Who's maybe a little bit too into this computer that might like, <laughs> you know, threaten your rule or something. All right. I'll go with the, the old man computer. Beep, boop, boop, boop. There we go. Um, Most likable character. Yeah. Is next. I like Steel Kelly in Steel. Real good choice. Good Lee Marvin, Lee Steel. Marvin. Really good. Um, I have the old man from The Masks. The old man that uh, gets yeah. vengeance on his entire crappy family. Yeah. I wonder if we like him mostly because everyone else sucks so hard. But I think we also like him because we just hate that family and then yep. get to watch him just pick them off one by one and yeah. not even kill them. Better than kill them. Just disfigure their faces in ways that's really fun to actually have revealed to the viewer. You may notice that I bring this episode up a lot. Uh-huh. But I really like Trooper Robert Franklin in The Fear. 
He establishes really? himself as like you never expressed that when we were talking about the fear. I think he's a pretty cool guy. Like it just, he just <laughs> in, he just immediately shuts the that lady down and says, "You know what? You're like a world class snob." Oh, that's right. I was in World War. Yeah. Two. Yeah. He's very reasonable. He's not afraid to show fear. That's true. He was a very well rounded guy. On the level dude. He just wasn't like super on the level dude. Yeah. Another super on the level dude. Yes. I have the car from you drive. <laughs> As a character, yeah, it's kind of like it, it's a little bit like you know, uh, the carpet from Aladdin, where it's like it doesn't need to say anything, <laughs> but it expresses enough personality to know that it's a cool guy. Hong Kong, <laughs> flash, flash, delivers sweet justice. It's a merciful car. Yeah, opens the door courteously. It likes loud music, just like me, baby. Rock music, yeah. <laughs> uh, Agnes from yeah. Agnes with Love. Okay, Agnes was really funny. That's true. And if he had just learn to love her back everything would have been cool <laughs> yep all right now this is this is an oddball choice but most likable character yes i interpret that as the character that i'm actually delighted to see the most uh-huh. like the more i'm watching this character the more i like it so i have to go with the gremlin on the <laughs> wing <laughs> from nightmare Twenty Thousand feet yeah like what character are you looking forward to seeing more every time that curtain's down that's a good point. <laughs> if I were to rate your enjoyment yeah. while looking at people on the screen, compare every time the curtain goes up and seeing what that dumb gremlin's doing flying around versus seeing Ranger Rick over there. Gosh, and when he when he touches the electricity and he like recoils uh-huh. and like and then he looks <laughs> at William Shatner like, Hey, did you just see that thing? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. He's a likable guy. He's pretty likable. <laughs> Did I win you over? I, I really like the gremlin. All right, like the abominable snowman face. gremlin. Yeah. You win, baby. Congratulations. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it, you ever watch uh, the little bit of a digression here? Please. The live action Spider-Man that appeared on uh, Electric Company, a children's program back nope. in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh-huh. This. There was an episode uh, that had an abominable snowman who's a Yeti, who's not entirely unlike... Like reused suit? Not no, no. Unlike? He's got like straight hair, I think, instead okay. of the, the curly hair. But yeah, it's very similar. Ah, anyway. There we go. Uh, next category. Oh, least likable character. Least likable. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, Eric Streeter from Living Doll. Telly Savalas' character. Yeah. His stepfather who's just a complete shit heel. I agree. I thought about that one too. But what separates him in my mind, and I remember bringing this up when we recap the episode, was that he acknowledged that he was kind of a bad father. Yeah. He wasn't great, but he was at least self-aware, which is something that few of these other characters have for me. To a certain point, though, that act wears thin on me. Like when someone says, like, hey, I'm just a shitty dude. <laughs> You're like, you know, that doesn't give you a pass. Just <laughs> the fact that you acknowledge that doesn't mean uh, that you could just be awful to this little girl. That you've chosen to marry the mom. Mm-hmm. This little girl is a part of your life now. Right. And to just completely dump on her and to try to use a drill press on the her, her new doll. <laughs> the like, doll threatened his life first. He didn't start it. Yeah, that's not the sign of a reasonable man. <laughs> All right. I have uh, the wife from Short Drink from a Certain Fountain mm-hmm. who was just destroying his family She's artifacts terrible. while screaming drunk. And then, yes. I mean, ultimately has to take care of a baby in theory, <laughs> but she was just yep. horrible. Yeah. Uh, how about David Mitchell, the guy in Spur of the Moment, bad drunk boyfriend? Bad. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's good. 
Uh, I have obviously the main character from Sounds and Silences, Roswell G. Flemington. <laughs> that's I the presume. one. <laughs> there we go. Yes, I had him in the show. And Salvador Ross. Yeah, just a pretty skeevy dude. Yep, yep, he's up there. Um, and then maybe the manager from Brain Center and Whipples. Yeah, he's up there. I really like the uh, short drink. Oh, what if I told you I had one more? You had one more? But wait. Yeah. But wait. And again, this is <laughs> kind of falling into the... the envelope. Yeah. No, this is almost the same as the last category with the most likable. This is the character where every time this person was on the screen, it actually brought me pain. <gasps> I know the, you're going to say. The little girl the from, little the girl from Caesar and Me. No. Oh, wait, what? The little girl from Caesar and oh, Me. Oh, no. I was going with the little girl from Bewitching Pool. Because of her voice. Yeah, because of her voice. But I agree. Caesar and Me, little girl, is also She's a terrible. real deal. Yeah, I'm with you there. So little girls <laughs> is the winner. But no, the little girl from the Bewitching Pool. Are you with me on that really one? really terrible accent. Yep, the terrible the accent, the horrible over. dubbing. Yuck. That was like, it felt uncanny and unnatural to mm-hmm. listen to. Whereas like, so the characters, like, oh, Sounds and Silences, yep. that guy, he was really crappy. Mm-hmm. But it didn't bring me physical pain to watch that episode. Yep. Yeah, I'll go with it. And the fact that they had shot this, they showed the same scenes with her in it twice. Yeah. So you didn't even have like fresh, awful dialogue at moments. <laughs> it was just like recap of the same crap you've heard before. All right, we'll go with yeah. Girl from Bewitching Pool. There yep. we go. Uh, I think it's your turn. Yeah, we've got Worst Title. Worst Title for an episode. Ring-a-ding Girl. Oh, man, I like Ring-a-ding Girl. I don't have that. I have 90 years without slumbering. <laughs> I dare you to remember Try which me. one that is. Uh, the Old Man in the Cave, I think, is a really bad title. I yeah. like the episode. Remember, these are like yeah, yeah, yeah. just the titles. Right. I'm with you. Uh, it's tough to argue with Brain Center at Whipples. Yep. Caesar and Me. Mm, that's innocuous. Boo, Cork. Boo. <laughs> All right. I have, I'll save this because it's going to win. Uh, I have uh, Probe 7 over and out. Hmm. And I think. As evidenced by next week's show, yeah, which is a fun tease for that. Uh, yes. It is one of the least descriptive titles in the Twilight Zone. It really is. Probe Seven over and out. Trying to remember which episode that is. It's the one where the guys are in the. I know, and I think they sit their own death, and then oh wait, never mind. <laughs> no, it's Adam and Eve, everybody. <laughs> the Bewitchin' Pool. There's just something about the like the dropped G. Uh huh. Like that false sense of familiarity. Yep. Well, that's that the really South, man. Me. That's how they do things. That's how the Twilight Zone does the South. <laughs> I can imagine being a Southern person and watching like their rendition of the South. If it's not like just homespun, harmless right. little Abner, it's right. just people are getting lynched left and right. <laughs> Everyone is racist. <laughs> All right. Uh, I also have Spur of the Moment. <laughs> yeah, it's a really bad pun. It's a really bad pun that does not relate in any way. It's like they filmed the entire thing and then afterwards like, what do we call this? Oh, there's a horse in it, technically. <laughs> Spur, all right? Yep. Oh, there's, there's a phrase. Yeah, there's a moment. <laughs> technically, it's like dozens. Lots of moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, spur of the moment, for sure. Oh, just locking it in right now? Oh, yeah. Man, Brain Center at Whipples <laughs> is really bad. And 90 Years Without Slumbering is a bad title and also another one that does not describe the episode at all. Yeah. See, I don't know that it not being descriptive is a big okay because you're going for the detachment. Yeah, but 
Brain yeah. center at Whipple's, I think, is pretty is pretty bad. Because if we go with the separation theory, then you don't get the fact that the spur of the moment mm-hmm. is a bad pun mm-hmm. that has no relation to the episode. So just going off the words themselves, yeah, it's brain... tough to top the brain center at Whipple's. Yeah, let's go with that. All right, brain center at Whipple's. Best title. And this one pains me, my first one, because I think this episode is terrible. <laughs> but I like this title. Uh-huh. Come wander with me. Really? I think now, you it, only like that title because you've been singing that song for the last three weeks. I can't stop whistling it. But I like that title. I think it's interesting. It kind of makes you, who is me? Why are we wandering? Uh-huh. What does with ultimately mean? Yes. Come. <laughs> All right. I have Steel. Descriptive mm. as the nice mm. play of the robots yeah. and the character. Steel Kelly. Yeah. The seventh is made up of phantoms. I like that. Yeah. Title. That's a really good one. I like it too. Yeah, when I saw that, it's like I have no idea what this is going to be about, mm-hmm. but it's it's effective. Yes. Um, I have, I am the night, color me black. Yep, I like that one a lot. Okay, it's a badass title. It's really sweet. It's, it's like a- something Batman would say before he punches somebody in the face. And singing in his death metal band. <laughs> That's right. Stop over in a quiet town. It's a super Twilight Zoney episode name. Yeah, but I like it. Okay, because uh, we know that it's not going to be quiet or stopped. What about? But it's quiet. What but. about you drive? You drive is pretty good. It's cute. What? Really? That's it. It's cute. Yeah. I think it's super effective. Yeah. Yeah. It's no. The seventh is made up of phantoms, though. I think that that is by far my favorite this season. All right. Let's let's actually dissect it. What does that mean for the episode? Just the idea that the seventh cavalry mm-hmm. are all dead. Yes. And we already all knew that. It's not like they're surprised by that information. But we don't know. Technically, you could say any old regiment is all made up. But we don't know what Seventh is when we first go into it, though. Right, right. All right, I'm with you. Seventh is made up of phantoms. Yes. Best title. All right. Now, this is another really good category. I like this one a lot. It's still good. After all these years that we've been doing this godforsaken show, (laughs) the most aggressively mediocre episode. And this is pretty tough because, by and large, this is a pretty aggressively mediocre season. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I'm. Oh, go ahead, please. Oh, in praise of Pip. I also wrote down in praise of Pip, <laughs> the first episode of the season. Yes. Aggressively mediocre. You you could see what they're trying to do, and it's just not poignant. It's just kind of like, ah, there you go. There's a thing. The guy died so his son would live. That's what's tough about really dissecting these categories. It's like, There's yeah, that one was kind of <laughs> like, Meh. yeah, yeah. All right, I have Probe Seven over and out. Yep, I got that as well. Okay. Um, you drive. I don't. Think you oh lo- <laughs> no, sir! No, you are completely incorrect. You love that episode too. Yeah, but looking back at it, it's pretty mediocre. Oh boy, history will not be kind to that statement. <laughs> All right, I have the encounter. The encounter. All do right. you remember what the encounter is right now? I do. Okay, good. Yes, the long morrow. Interesting. A lot of guy talking in his cryo sleep ice block. Yeah, yeah. Remember how mediocre his love story was with that girl? Yeah. Just zero chemistry. Yeah, I mean, they go for the cool twist at the end. Doesn't really hit you hard. Because you don't believe their romance at right, all. Right, right. I wrote down Brain Center at Whipples, but I'm not... Eh. Yeah. That was, it's episode has a couple of weird moments in it, so I'll, I'll scratch that off. Yeah. Let's pretend I didn't say that. Okay. All right, you got anything else? Nope. I am pushing for mm-hmm. 
and this is maybe a little bit too low for a mediocre episode placement, yeah. but the encounter is so forgettable. The only reason I'm pushing back is I have that on worst episode. Okay. All right. That's fine. All right. That will yes, we'll get it to divulge my next category. Okay. That's fine. But. Um I'm fine between Impraise of Pip and Long Morrow. Eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would I would go with either one. Uh-huh. I feel so not strongly about either one of these episodes. They're both just like plain rice. Just nothing going uh, on, you know. Just like sensory eh. deprivation tank filled exactly. with exactly. So maybe rice. the long morrow. I, I would push for praise of Pip over long morrow because long morrow I think will stick with me, just a little bit longer. You think so? I think so. Just the idea of like, oh, I think there's a Twilight Zone years from now. I'll think back. Yeah. I think there's one where it's like something about somebody, somebody trying to freeze themselves so that they'll be the same age. Yeah, because praise of Pip though. Yeah, has, is a mediocre episode of the Twilight Zone. Absolutely, but it does have. Guy gets shot. A couple guys get shot, and it's got that crazy fun house. Yeah, it's got a fun house. Which, Long Morrow has a spaceship, but yeah, you don't see it. it it's like a size <laughs> of it's the size of a closet. And yeah, it's just a guy sleeping in it in his underpants. Yeah, Long Morrow. There's just nothing going on with that one. It's just kind of eh. I, I don't know. There's that speech with the doctor where they're explaining why they have to go chart out this mm-hmm. whole thing, explaining the astronomy of it and whatnot. I like that. I think Long Morrow is a solid six, and I think Praise of Pip is a solid five. Yeah. All right. I, are you telling me that five years from now, you will have more memory of Praise of Pip over Long Morrow? Because I call, I call BS. I will be hard-pressed to recall either. <laughs> I would probably tell you, to be honest, in Praise of Pip, oh, that's the one where that uh, that teacher gets really sad. Sure. And it's a wonderful life. Yeah. Okay, and Long Morrow, you'll just stare blankly at me. You're like, ah. All right, if you really want Long Morrow, I can live with it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, Long Morrow wins. Most aggressively mediocre <laughs> episode. All right, final two categories. Here we go. Worst episode. Yes. We got Last Night of a Jockey. I also have Last Night of a Jockey. <laughs> just terrible. Real bad. The big twist is that the props department put smaller things in there so that <laughs> Mickey Rooney looked taller. Really terrible. I have 90 years without slumber. Mm-hmm. The old clock and Edwin <laughs> turns out yep. that he went to a psychiatrist and then ended up beating his own ghost yep. while arguing about what he should be scared scared of. And then the clock disappeared and then he didn't die from it. He's saying about clocks. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the encounter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I think it's in that three to four range. Yeah. It's not at the bottom of my scale, mm-hmm. but... Certainly nothing memorable. Right. Um, I have Commander with me mm-hmm. for the pure nonsensicalness <laughs> of it. Even yeah. though it's got the rockabilly kid. Bewitching pool. I also have Bewitching pool. Yeah. You got anything else? Jeopardy room, I think, is just. No. No. Just a dud. <laughs> Jeopardy room is just a dud. No. Like, yeah. It was at least interesting to watch because you expected. Because you didn't know what the puzzle was going to be. Like, you didn't know where the murder spring was. And, and until g- 15 seconds later when the guy told you. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> there's an explosion in it. Uh, there's an explosion superimposed it. <laughs> here's, the, here's, the, here's the thing, though. I understand yeah. you didn't like that one. There's no way 
that you will argue for that one over Bewitch and Pool oh, or no. Last Night of the Jockey. Okay, of a exactly. Jockey. All right, so let's just rule it out. That like, is, I would say Last Night of a Jockey Ash because it's like just a completely loathsome main character. Remember that dressing down he gets to that girl because she wasn't into him. <laughs> yeah. Well, so for me, it's between Last Night of a Jockey and Come Wander with Me. Yeah. Is that where you're at too, or what's, what are your two? I would say Last Night of a Jockey for me. Um. Come Wander With Me is a really a bad episode as well. But at least that one, it's got kind of a sense of creepiness around it. And there's some kind of mystery, even though it is completely not resolved. Last Night of a Jockey is just... Is this like a tale of someone you don't care about uh-huh. possibly getting redemption, but then he gets this comeuppance even more so. Like, oh, you're too big to ride a horse. Right. I guess the, the argument between those two is like looking at a painting where it's just like, a boring guy's face mm-hmm. that's like with mediocre skill it's painted on a canvas right right and then that's sitting next to an abstract piece of shit yeah that you have no respect for and you can't process mm-hmm. and that's what come wander with me is where like you know that even the creators got lost but i think come wander with me has in its defense a great song <laughs> It's got the rockabilly kid. It's uh-huh. got the creepy, like, the brothers that are chasing him. There's the shot with the shadows that kind of go over him yep. in, the bar, in the... There's that shot. shot. which is interesting. Um, There's the surprise scare in the beginning when the guy behind the counter suddenly pops up. Yep. It's got, it has moments, I think, that are interesting. There uh-huh. is nothing interesting about Last Night of a You're Jockey. Right. Let's lock it in. Last Night of a Jockey. Yeah. Worst episode in season five. Real good. Yuck. It's, it's weird that we gave it to that, and we also gave it to 4 o'clock a couple seasons ago, because those episodes, too, do kind of seem so similar. And here, uh, I just recently discovered yeah. that Rod Serling yeah. is like 5'6". That's short. He's a short dude. There's a lot of episodes that kind of make sense when you think about that. It's I'm not al- a tall person. Uh huh. It's almost as if Rod Serling has a lot of stress in his life about his height. He thinks about his height a lot. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if... Yeah. He's scared of death or getting older. Yes. <laughs> and it's almost as if he thinks human beings are a little bit too judgmental. Because they're always saying, Rod Serling, why why do you always want to go back to your hometown all the time? <laughs> and he says, I just want to go back. You really should have given his eulogy. I want to be the only person in the world, too, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> all right. Uh, moving on to last category. Best episode. Season five. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to start out. Okay. Well, first of all, I didn't actually say this, but I'm going to put it on the record. Okay. I put an occurrence at Owl Creek on there, just as a tip of the cap. A tip of the Civil War cap. And now we will never touch it again. Okay. So it remains tipped. Yes. You can't untip it. Yes. Uh, I have Night Call. I think the highs of Night Call are enough to drown out the lows in Ah. that last fourth. Okay. I was the most entertained during the scariest moments of Night Call. All right. I can see that. I like Steel a lot. Yeah. I think that was a great episode. Yeah, it really was. It's one that I want to call it a little bit vanilla, but maybe it's because I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so solid, it's easy to overlook. There's the whole sequence at the beginning when they're wheeling, fighting right. Maxo out mm-hmm. of the bus. And you don't yeah. know what's going on, and they don't really go out of their way to explain stuff right from the beginning right and then you finally get the reveal when they take the bag off of his head and you realize how ugly this dude is Mm -hmm. and just the whole future like boxing has been outlawed i just love the universe that was built 
and I think the way it was executed is great. I like I said, the performances are really, really nice. Interesting like little story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the guy doesn't win. Yeah, the fact that he he loses, but he makes enough money to repair fighting Max. It's the old so. Rocky situation. Yeah, it's good. Um, I put Living Doll on here. Living Doll is a great episode. Taki Tina, some spooky stuff. Mm-hmm. The mom didn't deserve to get treated poorly at the end, but what, <laughs> what can you, you do? do? It's a doll. Yeah, I like number twelve. Looks just like you. I think. Yeah. Th- much the same way that it, reasons I like Steel. I I'm like, with you. I like I like having a really crazy world that's just kind of dribbled out bit by bit. Right. Right. I'm probably with you. That said, I don't think these episodes beat Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you have on your list? That's it. All right. Is this just that easy? I think it's just that easy because Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet is so incredibly watchable. It's yeah. even when you know what's going to come. Right. Like everyone knows that episode, even if right. you aren't familiar with the Twilight Zone. You, oh, that's the show with the guy on the wing. Right. It's incredibly tense. It, mm-hmm. Even though that thing looks so completely dopey and he's <laughs> just lovable, apparently. Uh, we like him so much. Yeah. Just great. I'm with you. And like there's other episodes, yeah. Completely solid. Completely mm-hmm. solid eights. Yeah. But you can't beat Nightmare 20,000 people. No. It's a 20,000 if we had to rate it, <laughs> I think. So I went to this uh, went to this horrible stand-up comedy thing yes. last night in Minneapolis at Grumpy's. It's like an open mic thing. Uh-huh. And the host was the worst person. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm sure he's listening to this. But uh, he's been doing it for like 10 years, apparently. You can tell he just really likes being on stage. But this is like his big opportunity. Maybe only opportunity is by hosting this thing. Mm-hmm. So he tries to savor it. And he had a joke where he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, before I met my wife, I uh, slept with a nun. I mean, not an actual nun, but she's on a scale of one to ten. Hmm. So yeah, Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet is probably going to be the winner. Yeah. For uh, best episode, season five. I wonder how many nightmares in real life it's given children. That episode. Probably a lot. Probably a lot. I'm more looking, than twenty thousand. I would. I would argue. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing the Twilight Zone movie version of it. You know what would be great? Yeah. Is if we had, they could do this with mm. Blu-ray technology. Yeah. Have it set up so the episode plays and it's different every time. Kind of like the Tower of Terror ride that uh-huh. plunges and you don't know how far it's going to fall. Right. You don't know when he pulls the curtain if the gremlin will be there this time or not. But does that change the way that he reacts as well? Yes. Because then if he never sees it, or is it just this whole long sequence where he keeps pulling the curtain? You know, like because what if he just doesn't see it three times and then what's the episode? It lands. <laughs> He's strapped to a gurney. I don't know. I just think it would be interesting. Well, you know what? What yes. what if you watch it again and you just cover your eyes when you get to that part and then you can be the judge? How about I watch it this time when I don't cover my eyes? I'm <laughs> super scared. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. All the people out there for tuning into the franklin for season five that's the whole run man and we have more stuff planned right we have how many more do we have we're not giving up this easy (laughs) in spite of what you may have heard (laughs) so yeah what do we got we got next week do you want to do the the mega franklin mega franklin's mega franklin's big one these are our categories for the entire run i'm gonna read over all my notes for every episode all 160 something 156 somewhere something like that um we're gonna come up with some real fun categories and you should help yeah so post your comments for what categories you want for the overall thing for the whole thing yeah 
going back, harkening back to the first episode we ever did of Twilight Highlight Zone, you brought up that Chris Hardwick joke. And I think that's a good category for the Mega Franklins is the Nice Try Asshole Award. Yeah. I think that's a nice one. Like, it wasn't every episode, but of all the episodes where there was a Nice Try Asshole moment, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, for sure. So make sure to post your suggestions, any running themes throughout all of Twilight Zone. Best Breaking of Glass will probably make a return. We Mm -hmm. haven't done that category for a while. Best Dressed. Sure, why not? Um, Dumbest Thing. (laughs) There you go. Stick it to them. All right, cool. Well, thanks for tuning in uh, this week, and we'll be back next week with the ultimate, 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 but not quite the end of this podcast episode (laughs) with the Mega Franklins. Hot butt jam. <laughs> She's been living in her no butt world. <laughs> Got some mayo, mayo, mayo. Put the mayonnaise on that hot butt jam. <laughs> Not mustard.